Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Emo Over Easy. Drew Kelno here, joined by Tanner and Andy, and we have our recurrent guest, almost I like that. fourth co-host, <laughs> the straggler, the straggler, intermittently present, intermittent positive reinforcement. <laughs> that's that's what I. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. As always, always happy to to be here. Just got to hang out with uh, these guys. You weren't there at the Stay House. They had to to carry on. For a previous episode that, depending on Andy's warped sense of time, may come out before or after this, so I never know. <laughs> but, so I can't really give time references. It depends on whether he actually thinks we're live or not. Linear right time. Yeah, linear time. Linear time. It's all about linear time. <laughs> I love it. So, so I say, usually when John shows up, we're going to be talking about some sort of psychology, psychology, psych- social psychology with Casey. pop science. Yeah, so I know. We we still haven't come up with a great like you know. It's it's tough though. It's there's a lot of hard consonants. I don't know. But yes, you're right. I am a big fan of the social psychology, and I'm a big fan of applying it to everyday life and life in the ER. And since it's kind of what you guys are about, the other side of emergency medicine, I think it's a great place to throw it in. So, John, what do you got for us today? You want to hear the topic for the day? Yeah. Yes. I'm very excited about this topic. Um, so, have you guys heard of uh, positivity psychology? Just the general term. Uh, you know, hopefully the listeners have. If not, you know, pretty easy, fine. It's it's this concept that. Um, that there is a lot of goodness to be had in the universe and that positivity in particular has a lot of unintended consequences which are actually very positive. So lots of positive externalities, as we like to say in the, in the literature. That's a big word. It is a big word. It is a big word. It's just positive things that happen that weren't really the intent. But, for example, you know, you guys all have the patient that you give them oxygen when they're hypoxic and now they wake up and they talk to you and they're nice and they're pleasant and all the, the – you didn't know that beforehand, but – now it's like a positive thing that happens, right? So um, positive psychology in general. But one of the things that kind of drove positive psychology is something that I want to talk about, which is the flip side of it, which is um, not all research, it turns out, is perfect. And even really, really, I know, right? <laughs> I don't think we experienced this emergency. Medicine, I know, right? not no. at all. And can you believe that occasionally, even in really good peer review papers and journals, that Things can be published for years before we find out, eh, not so good. And positivity psychology is actually kind of based on that. So there's a little subset of it. And and I'm not poo-pooing for anybody that before they get up in arms. Positivity psychology and positivity research is a great big ongoing field in psychology. Um, What I want to really chat with you guys about is a very specific uh, case, a very specific paper. And kind of how that became a cultural phenomenon that actually influenced education and teaching, and why that has ramifications. So, you guys may have heard. Is this kind of like the uh, is the Orange Book? Have you seen that it's on social media recently on Twitter? There's been a guy posting pictures and, and segments from the Orange Book, which is this book from the 50s, I think it is. Really old book on uh, emergency right. medicine treatment, essentially, but it's put up by the American College of Orthopedics or something. Right. Yeah. There's literally this picture right. of like you can transport your patient. To the hospital in a wheelbarrow because they yes. may find transportation in an ambulance too upsetting. Right. Yes. I think it's it was true. the AAOS, the American Academy of Osteopedic Surgeons. Yeah, uh, it is. I actually, back in the day, learned a little bit of EMS stuff from, from yeah. that. Interesting. From that book. Um, the Orange Book was a, was a reputable it alternative was guy. Until something better came out. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, of how that came about. And so we always talk about, well, uh, and one of the things I know, Andy, in particular, you're really sensitive to is um, the, that concept that, well, whatever comes out as FOMED, 
Right. Well, it's not peer-reviewed, so it's, it, you know, there are hardcore people that are like, well, if it's not peer-reviewed, it's crap. Well, the problem is that there can also be peer-reviewed stuff that falls in the same category. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, the, the really quickly, the positivity ratio was this concept that came about that there's a certain amount of positive cri- criticism that balances out negative criticism. And if you fall in this really good ratio, it's kind of the ideal way. And there are lots of variants about this that were kind of before and after. You guys have probably all heard of like the criticism Oreo, right? Say something good. Sandwich give method. Them the feedback. The sandwich method. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which is lovingly referred to. Yeah. We're now referred good, to bad, often good. as the poop sandwich yeah. um, because it's poop. I still um, like delivering it sometimes. But that is, it is an effective tool, right? So, so there are times when it's right. And there seem to be some things that when you think about it, it probably makes sense. And that's why this paper was such an interesting uh, gem. Because what they, what they did was they, they sought about applying mathematical principles to the psychology concept. And they came up with the Losado uh, efficient or coefficient or the Losado ratio, which is 1 to 2.93. So one negative comment or negative criticism needs about three positive things to balance it out. And so there in this peer-reviewed article, which was published in a reputable psychology journal and peer-reviewed and in the literature for years, there was this great graph. It had a very lovely, uh, you know, curve associated with it. There were lines drawn on it. Right, curves, graphs, always curves, make graphs, things very appealing. Definitely to the very appealing. Yeah. You can definitely understand it. You can look at this line and see the line clearly is at two point nine three. And so this was then accepted as a basically peer reviewed and accepted as. Wow, this really seems to be true. There seems to be a lot of good evidence for this. So lots of cultural things then came about it. Books on positivity, books on how to do create, you know, how to do criticism. Harvard Business Review uh, published a business related article about the positivity, you know, how to deliver constructive feedback along and balance it with other things. So, I mean, you guys have seen this all the time. We all intuitively kind of know that you can't just continuously drop criticism and have people learn well in an environment. There does have to be some balance. It doesn't work well for learners. It doesn't work well for patients. I I mean, how far do you think you would get going in and looking at a patient and going, well, you're having a heart attack because you're overweight and you smoke and you don't see a doctor and you have high lipids and you don't walk. And plus, you're not really well dressed. And oh, by the way, you missed your insurance payment, so you don't have insurance, right? And, And at some point you have to go, but you're not dead. You have to say something <laughs> positive. It has to be a silver lining. In yeah. So, so that T-shirt that says the beatings will continue till the morale improves is not actually is, accurate. Is, well, you would think about it. They actually give you hope that morale will improve, which so is, you're saying there's yeah. a chance. There's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. So this ratio can well. The the short of the story is that a graduate student in psychology was reading this article and it just intuitively the concept made sense but where this math came from yeah he just couldn't get it and he was yeah. like a smart guy and he's like I've read this and lots of other people have read it so he started really digging into it and it turns out that after a pretty rigorous investigation and, and understanding 
that really that math formula was applied to data that wasn't real. It was just a scenario that had been generated in a computer. Alternative and, facts. Yeah. And, and it, alternative facts, alternative as facts, you were. Yeah. And it, it had been generated in a way that um, made it look very appealing. And so they used the data to fit what people thought to be true. And therefore, even though it went through peer review and did all the things it was supposed to do, it flourished for several years in social psychology and became the basis for books and education. And, and, and my point is not to criticize, um, not to criticize the author, right? It's, it's like, I'm, I don't know what happened there, right? I, you know, and maybe it got too big. There were other people that peer-reviewed it that didn't quite write. So Maybe so, he was just trying to get something published because he needed to publish something and just like, hey, we'll give this a shot. Yeah, See what forced, happens. Forced, uh, Forgot forced about it. Like, yeah. Years yeah, later, all of a goes, sudden oh, it gets oh, picked oh. up. I don't know. So it, And it's not my – I am not the person to judge. But what I can do is learn from that that instance of what happened and add some, some you know reality to the fact that there are things that don't necessarily go – um, as you had intended. And there are also problems with this concept that there's this perfect amount of praise yeah. or, or harmful uh, feedback to give to people. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think he brings up a point with learners is, is that it's almost swayed people to the point that when they do get a negative reinforcement, which can be beneficial, that they almost don't know how to handle it. So right. where, like you talked about, that not everything goes well. You know, in, in emergency medicine, people will die, bad outcomes will happen, you may get sued. So rather than having this flowery idea that, oh, it's only ever going to be good, we have to train people to deal with the negative. Yeah, and have, I'm sure you guys have experiences with this, but when you work with a resident, for example, or you work with a, a, you know, an APP or a, a new student or whatever, and they go see a patient and they really just do a bad job because they don't know either how to approach it or, and they're not willing to ask for help and they're fearful that they're going to look bad in front of you. And at the end of the shift, they're given this form by their school that has 15 bullet points on it. Yeah. And it clearly says on there, if you check medium to below average on anything, that it requires a written <laughs> reply and that they're going to fail the rotation and there's no hope of ever, you know. So these are things that we've created around this that are the unintended bad consequences. Yeah, we've, we've reinforced the negative consequences of bad feedback. Absolutely. And it's very unfortunate that yeah. this is the state of affairs. And it fits perfectly into our trophy society where it's constantly praise, praise, praise. So when you do have to have that you critical assessment. You need 2.9 good praises all the time to every negative thing you encounter right. in life. Otherwise, you will feel bad. And the, right. And, and absolutely, from, from my perspective, if I'm filling out an evaluation on somebody, and, and maybe there's some questionable activity, but it, gosh, if I have to write a paragraph to justify my bad evaluation at 2.5, but if I give them a 3, I don't actually have to write anything. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's really egregious, I'm probably just going to go yeah. with the 3 because, to be honest three. with you, it's, it's easier for three. me. It's the yeah. path of least resistance Yeah. when sometimes resistance is good. And interestingly, you don't have to justify exceptionalism anymore. Which is... Right? When, you do, and it, when they do a great job, there's nothing egregious. you have to add. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So it creates this, this such a weird vibe for people and it's and and when you see and and granted like harvard business review right they they redacted the portion of the article and i think people in general accept the concept in positivity that you do need to have some positive criticism in order for feedback to really land where it needs to be 
I think what was interesting was the graduate student's philosophy was what didn't make sense to him was it seemed to be that there should be windows, not just one magic number. Yes. But maybe there's a scale where it's really good, a scale where it's not so good. There would seem to be a point at which it would also have dilutional effects. And so what he did was he applied common sense to an article that he read, which is something that sometimes misses us in academia when you have a way that you've done something for a long time and then suddenly there's like a head snap in the other direction with this groundbreaking paper. And this should be a cautionary tale to everybody that when that groundbreaking paper comes out and you now have the ammunition, you think, in your hand to stop doing what's a common practice, you really have to be well-grounded and truly understand what the paper is saying and do you believe it and does it make sense and in the end does it make a difference right because this whole criticism thing it would seem to be such a very minor thing but it made a big difference i mean there are books written on this there were college courses New that York Times that bestsellers yeah ingrained yeah. into people a way of doing something which maybe ultimately does no harm right it could be just as effective as everything else but it was based on the assumption of belief that it's the right thing to do. Right. And that's really where you run into issues. And I know that's where, in my clinical practice, I run into issues when, when I have uh, faith in something without experience or understanding. Yeah. Right. As an emergency medicine practitioner, that's what I rely on. I rely on my education and my experience. And when I have neither on something right that's really not the place for me to start executing or making judgments or things like that on it so it's a pretty fascinating uh, study on where things can go wrong to me it just it makes sense how this happened because you have a humans like things that are laid out very well for them and this is a recipe for positivity happiness all the good stuff if you do this this will happen and it, you'll, you'll feel better because of it they want it's, it, but it's 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 you too, want it's that too explanation. easy. Common, common sense says that's too easy. If it was that easy for everyone to be happy, everyone would be happy all the time. We would figure out a way to institute the positivity three to one would, ratio, yeah. so you always ex- like, exceeded the. Yeah. That would have been figured out long before there was ever a study done, right? And they would have been like, oh yeah, we did this study and we actually proved it, right? As opposed to, hey, we think this is the right ratio, and then everyone tried to have to learn it, yeah. all of a sudden. And I think that's the great way to look at this from a social psychology phenomenon, which is not only can you not do the one-size-fits-all, but we have to go back and actually look at our learners, look at the people that we work with, and look at our patients, whomever we're teaching, whomever we're interacting with, whomever we're trying to convince one way or another, we need to look at how they receive things. I, I, I have learners that I work with that need way more than three positive comments before I can drop a doozy of a negative criticism yes. on them, right? Or it's just not going to hit where it needs to be. They're going to spend the whole shift worrying about that one negative, dreading that one negative, uh-huh. and, and the next day dreading their next shift with me, which is yeah. definitely not what I want. There are other people that you're looking at them, and it's like you're wasting their time with the like, oh, you did a good job me, with that resuscitation. With that, yeah. You did. They're like. Come on, like That's great, where's tell the? Me. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a fourth year. I want to know what what was it that I did that could have been better in there. Oh, the room was really noisy and you didn't. Okay, thanks. That's useful feedback. I know I did everything else right because I know what I'm doing. Um, and so that that kind of balances really um, phenomenal. And looking at your individual individual folks that way is huge. So I think you can also look at this as an example of how not to take it too far in the opposite direction. So clearly, I think there's compelling research saying that positivity is important, yep. that greatly impacts p- 
patient outcomes, performance by learners, general happiness. There's a lot of things that there's been good research to say positivity is important. So the flip side of this, well, maybe that positivity ratio has been debunked. Exactly. We can't go the opposite direction mm -hmm. and say positivity doesn't matter, right? Positivity right. doesn't exist at all. No, no yeah. different than we see this occur in medicine time and time again where we think that we have a therapy or a treatment option that is absolutely the gold standard. Early goal-directed therapy? Early goal-directed therapy, sure. We find out that maybe it's not always cracked up to be, but there are components of it that are still absolutely essential to good outcomes. The proverbial throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? And that's how this positivity exactly, and that's exactly right, that's how this positivity research should be viewed. The, the kind of the, the larger picture Still, there's lots of research to, to support what we do, uh, but this one particular thing, and that's where it's really interesting because people hang their hat on that one groundbreaking study, that one piece, and this is a great example of why you have to look at the field as a whole in order to really understand something and to speak with some authority on it and to, to make it practical and make it a useful thing. John, as always, we really appreciate you bringing this to the table. This is a really good conversation, and I think our listeners can hopefully tie this into other episodes that we've had where we'll talk about this, and even one that will come out maybe before or after this one, or talk with Anna. Maybe Collins before or after? Maybe before right. and after, yeah, you never know. Yeah, these things it will, it will likely come before or after, for sure. Right. It, it probably <laughs> depends on whether we're recording live or not. Right. <laughs> but you see how this all links in together, right? It's you, should, all, you should have taken a straight out, man. Is, Otherwise, uh, we're just yeah, going to jump you just, on. This all right, is the so I'm demanding a positive. There was negative, negative, negative. Right, I need a positive. Wait, I wasn't negative. Andy, I was your positive. hair looks great today, Andy, and your glasses match your shirt. That's yeah. true. The ratio and your, does not and matter. Your, and your headphones. All your That's headphones, right. glasses, shirt match. Uh, it does. It's very impressive. That wasn't planned, but it was positive. That was a positive externality. See how that worked? <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks for joining us, yeah, John. This thanks for great. having me. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll post some show notes, uh, a little bit more about the positivity absolutely. ratio, yeah. so you can learn more about how it came to be and how it's maybe been debunked yeah. and where to go from there. So we look And the HBO the next article. One. I'll get that for you as yeah. well. It's, uh, it's an open access for people. And, uh, and they talk in there about how they just say, hey, this little piece, not so, not so useful. Cool. That's cool. Thanks, John. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode with John Casey, this time talking about positivity. Is it real? Is it not? Go ahead and see for yourselves by heading on over to the show notes where you can see the Harvard Business Review article as well as other great resources John has given us on the topic. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, guys, thanks so much.